and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates with Regan and Kat. How you doing, Kat? Doing all right. Um, I hope you're not too annoyed with me. <laughs> today's been kind of a scheduling clusterfuck, but uh, we're working through it. <laughs> well, rather than today being a scheduling clusterfuck, I've been a bit of a clusterfuck, basically. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm, you know when you have those days you don't know whether you're coming or going, and yes. you've managed to book in things, and then people aren't where they said they're going to be, and shit changes at the last minute. Anyway, poor Reagan's had to put up with that thing where she suddenly looks at her phone and there are 11 billion messages from me on WhatsApp going, can we do it at 7.30? Actually, no, I'm good for 4.30. Actually, can we make it... Fi- In fact, you know what? Let's do it tomorrow. Reagan's like, for the love of fucking God, let's just do just it. Just pick a goddamn time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I can't keep setting up my car recording studio at a moment's notice. <laughs> Sorry. We're here. It's all right. We're, we're here now. Ready to go. We've got... Four shows. Who knew? Four shows. I know. It's like a whole new world. Remember when we used to do six? How the fuck did we do that? Motherfucking day. I'm glad we're not doing six. That was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. Um, But four is manageable, and uh, we're here for it. We really are. How's uh, How's your week been? It's been all right. Uh, last week, I had five days with no kids and work, and it was glorious. And then fall break happened. So I've got one kiddo at home, but he's the easy one. So, you know, he's fine. Well, that's, I mean, I, we've managed a full week now with both kids in school. Whoop, whoop. Um, but I, warning, listeners, I am here <laughs> on my own with the two kids. Jimmy is on his way back from the studio. But as yet, these kids, I've literally done that thing. You know, when people, when you're out... This, right, now I'm going to talk about all sorts of things. But you know when you're out and people go, where are the kids? You know, and they go, oh, well, you know, what have you done with the kids? And you're like, well, my normal answer is I've just left them at home with a can opener. Um, Because A, that question offends me because I guarantee you, Jimmy never gets asked, oh, what have you done with the kids when he goes out? Yeah, that pisses me off anyway. So I just like, I'm like, oh, I've just left them at home with a can opener. But the reality is actually now... I pretty much have just left them downstairs with a can opener. <laughs> it's okay. I've literally left mine in front of a computer screen. He's like adding things to his Amazon wish list because it's his birthday coming up. Yeah. I mean, mine are watching some shit that I don't even know what it is. They've got a crunch corner, a couple of chocolate digestives, and I've told Bill, I've put a, a stool by the sink so Billy can get water if she needs it. I mean, <laughs> this is like the pinnacle of parenting right here. Jimmy's going to come like home he- and like start taking photos in case we get divorced so he can use them against <laughs> me in court. <laughs> I feel like it's 90s parenting. Like nobody ever questioned our parents <laughs> about what they were doing with us after school. No, nobody. We were went, just no- home with some toast. Yeah, we were. We were literally home with some toast watching yeah. Jerry Springer. Exactly. Garbage nonstop. I brought this up to my mom the other day and she did not even remember. She was like, you say you were a latchkey kid, but you weren't. And I was like, uh... I was. I had a key. I came home. I made toast and I watched Jerry Springer until you got home from work with my brother. I know. That is what happened. They look back on their parenting like, we were the best parents ever. I was like, you you sent me to boarding school at 11. You had one kid. You had one kid. (laughs) Could you imagine? I mean, 
honestly, I love my kids. I also love my kids not being around, but I couldn't send them to boarding school. No, I, th- yeah, I think that's, that, that would be a lonely, I don't know. No, it is lonely. I mean, I'm I pretty well adjusted anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm fairly, but it fucked me up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't one of those crazy ones in like Utah that Paris Hilton went to. No, at least it was like an gr- actual boarding school. No, but that's a great segue into a little promotion for our uh, Patreon because we just recorded our Patreon content, which I've uploaded today, by the way. Uh, and we discussed that Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube, which was mind-blowing. Blew my mind. Um, so let's just get some housekeeping out of the way. So first yes. of all, rate and review, please. That would be great. Da, 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 da. Please do. Same old, same old. Um, <laughs> then we are, I think we are going to go ahead and get some of these pop sockets made up that say smart people watch reality TV too. Yes, I think we are. I'm in the process. There are actually a few places in Denver that will do them. So I'm in processes of getting pricing for the U.S. because I think rather than having you send them to me and me send them out, I should just try to find a place here because then I could maybe send to some of our Canadian listeners who said that they would Perfect. be down for so that. We're going to get this sorted, which means that whether you're in the U.K., um, probably Europe, I could probably make that happen, or U.S., Canada, we can get you pop sockets and... Um, Listen, they're great. Everybody needs a pop socket. And as you know, it'll help us keep our heads above the podcast water. So we're here for that. We'll let you know when that happens. And then I have to say, we've got a new segment, um, which I want you to know has been absolutely joyous this week. I loved, 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 loved the stuff that came in this week. We So we have launched the post bag, which is basically an opportunity for listeners to get involved in the podcast because we love hearing it. But sometimes we get a bit lonely when we think it's just the two of us. And we do know that yeah. people listen because we see the stats. But it you rarely talk to us, guys. Like, you know, know, sometimes we feel a bit left out. Anyway, so <laughs> we've now forced you into doing it, which has been joyous because this week the question was based on something from Potomac where Robin and... Juan went out on a date and Robin did that thing where she like put a wig on and pretended to be Tatiana from Latvia, um, to, you know, to spice things up. And so the question that we <laughs> asked our listeners, and boy, did you deliver. Um, oh, so, so was, good. And I posted them all on our WhatsApp, so I know where they are. Excellent. Um, was, have you ever dressed up for your partner or indeed has your partner ever dressed up for you? Like what happened and how did it go? Reagan, I'm putting it to you first. Have you ever dressed up for your partner or has Lydra ever dressed up for you? And even as I, I mean, say that, because I know Elijah and I love him to bits, but I am almost absolutely certain no. he's never dressed up for me. Oh, I love my husband very much and he has many, many strengths. Dressing up in fancy dress is not his thing. Dressing up for me is not his thing. I'm also probably, I think I would just like, if that actually had happened and Elijah dressed up to try to seduce me, I would probably just laugh so hard. I'd pee my pants, which would kill any romantical (laughs) mood whatsoever. (laughs) However, I mean, I do kind of the very basic dressing up for him. Like if, if we have a night to ourselves with no children around or if it's just been a while, I'll throw on like some sexy lingerie and like nice. be in bed waiting for him. Like I think 
I don't know. I think dudes are dudes are very visual creatures, and so that always works a treat. So I probably should do it more often. It's hard when you're living in a basement with no door with your children, but well, I mean, I've got to be honest. I'm impressed that you've got matching sexy lingerie. I mean, I honestly, my underwear situation is absolutely <laughs> dire. Like of all the things that I am like embarrassed about, my underwear situation is at the top. It's it's horrendous. I, I'm going to have to spend some money on that shit too. Oh, I was going to say, frankly, usually I'll think of doing it and I'll run to Target and I'll pick something up. So I've slowly uh-huh. built up like a cash because it's always been like, oh, you know what? I should do this for him. Sometimes it even happens in Target where I like pass the section. And I'm like, what happens that's in Target? Cute. Like if I'm in Target and I pass the lingerie oh. section, I'm like, ooh, that's cute. I think he'd like that. I'll just go ahead and pick it up and I'll wear it that night. Like that's I-, I thought you meant that the, the actual circle. act sometimes happens in Target then. You were like, oh, no. sometimes we can't even hold ourselves together and it has to happen in Target. <laughs> no, dude, we're not in our 20s anymore. No, it used to true. be that way. Well, that's but dating Target life. gives me fizzy knickers. I'm oh, 100%. You. That's why he never, com- he never comes with me to Target. Um, in terms of dressing what up... What about you? Well, I would say not so much... Nowadays, not so much... I haven't done the dressing up thing for a while, but I have done the, like make myself nice get in you know and make that happen thing yeah yeah but in the olden days you know pre-kids oh yeah that was i was really into we had in fact jimmy and i once went shopping um in soho in the naughty shops to buy some stuff and i bought which was hands down the sexiest thing i've ever worn this like rubber (laughs) latex mini dress nice man that held you in in all the right places i mean also also, i was like 26 so I had a banging body um but yeah I mean we did that and I think every now and again I think well maybe I should do that again and then I sometimes get as far as like pulling it up on the website to buy something and then you know I get distracted by requests for ketchup and all of a sudden I don't feel like those two things should sit next to each other so comfortably (laughs) do you know what I mean you're like oh I'm looking at sex toys and things and then there's a little voice going mommy can I have some more ketchup and you're like whoa that took the wind out of those sails yeah. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, shall we shall we read some of these ones that we've yes. got in this week? Okay. So this was the first one. Actually, there's a couple, but they don't all okay. This was the first one. Somebody bought a PVC and I, I'm keeping them anonymous because Yes. You know, this is it's totes. It's sensitive. I don't stuff. even know who sent them in. You've you've kept them anonymous to me as well. I did. So PVC nurse's outfit from a fetish shop in Camden, which I have owned for sixteen years, still fits. Fuck yeah. I mean, Fuck high yeah. five, sister. Uh, and ha- and she has worn it for many, many Halloweens. She tried to cheer my husband up when he was made redundant from COVID with it. So this is recent. Unfortunately, the mucky cuddle was aborted when we realised that the costume was extremely squeaky. Tits <laughs> looked fab, though. I mean, I love this. <laughs> That's um, amazing. My next favourite one was this one, and I lolled hard at this. So... It's this woman. She says, okay, so my husband loves to remind me of this moment. I cringe a little thinking about it, but I'm glad that we can laugh about it. This is before we were married and pre-kids, by the way, which as if we shouldn't be dressing up when we've had kids, but you can. We'd been out, out, and I was pretty, brackets, very, very drunk. We were pre-sex snogging, more brackets. That is a thing, right? Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. In bed, and I decided I'd go put something slutty on. A lace, crotchless body stocking. Now, kudos to anybody who has got one of those knocking about. Yeah. 
I'm like on board with this. And she's like, yes, sleazy smut fantasy. We had a walk-in wardrobe at the time. Fancy. So I stumbled in, found said sluttery, got myself entangled in the crotchless lace item, lost my balance, knocked over a shelving rack full of shoes, hit my head on the wall and landed in a naked drunken mess on the floor. My husband shouted from the bedroom, are you okay? Do you need help? Lost my stride a little, but we got there in the end. She says, I still have the body stocking 14 years, two kids later, and I've still never worn it. (laughs) At least her husband came in and helped her and she didn't have to like call A&E or anything (laughs) to come find her. Can you imagine? I mean, I have to say, those like the the idea of a lace crotchless body stocking does seem a bit like something you'd need like a GCSE to get into. Totally, totally. I find some of those things to be ridiculously hard. Can I read the next one? Yes, because this is my favorite. This is this okay. is like, because do you know what happened when we asked this question? Because I asked, have you ever dressed up for your partner? But what I got back was, th- was examples like this where your partner had dressed up for you. And this was my favorite. It's amazing. After the hype surrounding Fit Priest and Fleabag, which by the way, if, if you guys have not watched, you need to get on board that train. I ascended the stairs to find my fiancé stood in our bedroom in a nylon priest's costume. (laughs) Oh, Lord, it was terrible. (laughs) The material was so thin that I could see his balls through it, and the collar was all saggy round his neck. He was so sheepish. He said, I know it's crap, but it was off Amazon, and I know how much you swooned over the fit priest. I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, we had sex, but he took it off and then I cut it up to use as dusters to clean inside my car. (laughs) Sometimes the fantasy doesn't match reality. It was funny though. Oh, Oh, what a sweet, sweet man. I absolutely, that one just made me, I loved him. I I loved him hard just for that. Absolutely. Um, There's a couple that came in. This one's the same where they got caught out. There's there's this one and I'm going to read another one. This one was, I dressed up all sexually for my husband one night and he walks in from the pub with his dad. Mortifying. I mean, if my father-in-law walked in on me in like undies, heels, like, no. If I did it, my my father-in-law would be probably more embarrassed than me. I know. It's I mean, big. you know my father-in-law. He's just such a lovely man. He's so like. Oh my god, he wouldn't know what. He would not know what to do no. with himself. He no. wouldn't know. None of them. No. I mean, it would just be awful. Um, yeah. And then you read this next one because this one's a good one. Okay. I live in Melbourne and used to travel overseas a lot for work. And before we were married and living together, my husband would come over to my house to meet me when I got back from a trip, which was usually really early in the morning. This one time I arrived home on my birthday and unbeknown to me, my now husband had decided to dress up like a birthday present, naked with only ribbons wrapped around himself. He is the shyest and most modest man you could ever meet, so go figure. I hear you, sister. I'm married to the same guy. He was waiting for me in the bedroom. However, on this occasion, my dad, who also lived with me, heard me coming home and decided he wanted a chat. So followed me into the bedroom where my now husband was waiting for me in ribbons with a stalker and nothing more. Oh God, it's like I can see it all happening in slow motion. My husband's face, my dad's face, and me. Well, I just lost it and was in a heap of giggles on the floor. It was horrific, though I have no idea why I thought it was funny. Oh, I'm crying because it's nervous laughter, right? Just imagine like you and your dad looking at each other while your husband's there with a massive hard-on wrapped in ribbons. I mean... (laughs) 
<laughs> Especially when like the dudes are not like when they're like shy and pretty modest and they don't know, oh. they're not prepared for that. They're not they're no. not built for that. Um okay, last one and then we'll get on to the yeah. reason that we're here. This is the last one. I did a photo shoot and had a calendar made for my ex-boyfriend, Victoria's Secret style. He asked if the photographer was male. And when I said no, he said, well, at least, but he still would have preferred a box of chocolates for his birthday. Needless to say, he didn't last. What a cock. What a fucking asshole. Whoever does that (laughs) shit. Reagan's face is just like. Like, I'm, I'm shocked by that. She got what herself vulnerable, went out of her way, probably spent a lot of money to do something yeah. nice. He turned around and went, oh, I would preferred a box of chocolates. I mean, the, those shoots are not cheap. Like They're boudoir not, shots right? and the planning no. involved and the personal grooming involved. Like that girl put a lot of fucking effort into his present. Yeah, she did. And I hope Ugh. she shoved it up his ass. Anyway. Yeah, I'm glad he's an ex-boyfriend. He deserves that's to be an ex-boyfriend. That's hands down one of our best post bags yet. Um, oh, that's I the am- best delighted with that but with that said let's get on with the first show which is potomac potomac which is all about karen going back to homecoming in her tiny town i mean this felt again a bit like we had i feel like we had a couple of filler episodes this week yeah this felt a bit like one of those i mean karen going home for homecoming is all right there wasn't that much interesting that went on while they were down there no, the only thing that I thought was interesting was actually seeing Karen open up. I think this is the first time we've seen Karen be a little bit more open. It was like a tiny bit more open. Yeah. I liked seeing her family. Her family seems fucking cool as shit. Um, but like her on the back of that car throwing fucking candy to like was 12 one of the people. most ridiculous things. I know. It was it was ridiculous. But also I agree. I feel like Taking us home to a family who all seemed really normal. Again, yeah. it's more evidence of Karen opening up, and that's always a good thing. Ashley left Dean for the first time, which, you know, She's I mean, Ashley a lot has of a lot of fucking money in the bank right now when it comes to Michael. Do you know what I mean? Totally. The other thing I did like about going back to her family farm was the story behind the farm. So this had been a farm where her family had been slaves for generations and they saved up and bought it. And I really like that. I like the turnaround of ownership and just kind of taking your own destiny by the hands sort of thing. And I think it's just amazing that they were able to do that and kind of build that generational, you know, kind of wealth that we talked about, I think last week. Yeah, 100%. And it's always nice. Like, I know that reality TV is reality TV, but it's always cool to see, you know, real issues attached to these people because as much as they are privileged and ridiculously wealthy and all of that, you know, there's still real life shit going on behind them. And I think it is really interesting to see that journey and to recognize the realities of where Karen came from and her heritage and all of that. And, you know, and it's nice to see them outside of that bubble that we normally find them in. Um, what were your feelings on uh, Karen's reaction to the phone call from Monique? At first, I thought it was like a bit two-faced. Like, I know you have not sat down and told Monique that you told Candace to press charges because you did. Like, we all saw that you did. Um, but I thought it was interesting that she was open about that with the other girls. Like, I wonder if this is at some point going to come back and kind of bite her in the ass in a way with Monique, which is fine. But um, I just, 
I don't know. I just wish everybody could be a little bit more honest about their feelings on the subject, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. And I also think everybody needs to be a little bit more open to the idea of nuance within something. So like somebody can feel a certain way about something, but then they get a phone call or then they get a bit more information that makes them change their mind. And I feel like that's what happened with Karen. I feel like Karen really tried to give Monique the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like that conversation that she had on the phone just really made it clear that Monique was still at that point not taking accountability and not recognizing what had gone on. And I think that might have been the moment where Karen was like, I just fucking done. Because even when Monique was there for the meeting, Karen was still quite clearly saying, you're fucked up. Like you need to get better and learn and show that you can make mistakes and carry on. You know, and, and Monique wasn't owning it then. And to see her still not doing it now, I think Karen's like, okay, look, I've done what I've done. And we have to see her have that conversation with with Monique a little bit later down the line. But I think you're allowed to change your mind about a situation as you get more information. Absolutely. I think you make a really good point there. Um, And it's something I probably didn't really think about at the time. And I think you're right. I think at the meeting, she was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt that she was going to get help and like do it promptly, like get on this shit and fix it. And I think you're probably right. Like that phone call was just like, what the fuck? Like, how can you still not see this? Like maybe just like we are like, fuck woman. Pay attention well, to what you're develop, saying. Right? And you, your yeah. whole approach to, you get more and more information. You just go, you, your feelings about it change. So as long as Karen is is open with Monique and doesn't go back to Monique and go, oh no, I think you're fine. It's all fine. Then I think it's yeah, fine yeah. for her to change her mind, you know? Totally. Um, the other thing is, uh, well, I mean, we're on Monique, so we might as well go to Candice yeah. and Monique and the idea of pressing charges. Now you put in the stories, would, if you were Candice, Candice, would you press charges? Yeah, what was the final answer to that? Well, while you look that up, here's yeah. kind of how I feel about that too. I think if this was, if I was Candice and you had grabbed me by the head, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously in that world, Sorry. Um, yeah. and you had grabbed me by the head and done what Monique had done, my feelings would obviously be, I'm not going to press charges. Right. Um, however... FYI, you might want to log this for future information. However, and this is a personal thing. If I heard that you were absolutely not remorseful and you had not reached out to me and you were on Twitter and whatever, giving it the big Billy Big Boots, I think I might change my fucking mind. I think I might do a Candice and go, do you know what? I never ever would have even considered pressing charges, but fuck you, I'm going to press charges. And I think that's exactly what happened. So on Instagram, 38% said, fuck yeah, that they would have pressed charges. 62% said, fuck no. I 100% agree with your thought process. Like, and I think this was Candace's thought process. When it first happened, it was just this like traumatic thing between friends. And she was like, holy fuck. But I think Monique poked the bear. She started posting all that bullshit on Twitter. She's not remorseful at all. I think you're absolutely right. I think if I had to live through like the social media onslaught that I'm sure Candace got, I probably would double think that. Be like, you know what? This bitch does not give a shit what she did to me, even though what she did was completely wrong. I think eventually I would have pressed charges later too. And it would have been a principle thing. Like it would have been, yeah. a, you know, that's the thing. It's like, hang on a minute. No, you don't get to walk away from this with no consequences. And I'm not 100% sure whether I'm comfortable with my re- reaction to that because I sort of know that that's how I behave in real life as well. Like if I, I will do everything I can to yeah. make a, co- to handle a conflict 
appropriately. Like I put my big girl fucking pants on and I'll sit face to face with the people that have pissed me off. If I feel like there's no wriggle room on their end, at that point, I'm like, listen, I've I've done what I can. And I think you just have to get to a point where you're like, listen, I can sit here and wish that you were doing something else. But actually, at some point, I have to look at what you are actually doing and make a decision based on that. And I think that's what Candice has done. She's like, what else can I do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would go the litigious route. In all, honestly, I think I would just cut them out of my life and move on. Because I think, because this is where my thought process has just gone. Like, okay, so if you press charges, then where do you end? Like, do you want her to go to jail? Well, the trailer trailer has Candace saying, "Uh uh-huh, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) And then that's kind of where I have a problem. Like, this woman is still like a mother and has all this stuff and, and still has a life. Like, do I want someone to go to jail for something they've done with, for me? Probably not. But like, once you get into that arena, it's kind of out of your hands. Yeah. Like then it becomes, you know, law practice and, you know, like those the rules that are down t- the there. The police can choose to push, to press charges. Essentially. Exactly. And so, so I don't know if I would want it to actually get that out of hand or if I would just cut them out of my life. Now it's easier to do when you're not being filmed for a show and you don't have like obligations to still be on the show with this person. I don't know. It's, it's a tricky ass situation. Well, we'll see what happens. I suspect Candice yeah. is going to press charges. I suspect something's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah. And then, of course, we had Monique's meeting with her pastor, which we kind of poo-pooed a little bit last week. And we were like, oh, I mean, babe, I think we'll be on the pastor. I think we need some professional help. But let me tell you, that pastor came in. And as far as I was concerned, fucking said what needed to be said. He fucking read her like nobody's goddamn business. This man is amazing. He I am rethink. I need to get me a pasta. Fuck yeah. Especially one like him. Like I, I'd be willing to bet he has a lot more like counseling therapy background than maybe a typical pastor. But I mean, he fucking read her the rights and pointed out you were this way when I met you. Yeah. When I first met you, you were the fighter and you do fight through your life. And sometimes that's good, but this is not good. Yeah. And she and he was right. And she kept trying to say she did this, she did this. And he went, you did this. Yeah. You did this. And to bring, and I think it needed to be him. It needed to be him to yeah. say, um, you have to take responsibility. And thank God he did, because I feel like she got it. Something clicked and she was like, hang on a minute. Clearly my husband's not happy. The pastor is telling me this is the case. And I think she broke. And that and there's never been a time where I think Monique is a terrible person. No. But I do think that she is really struggling mentally to manage this kind of idea of perfection. And that's another thing the pastor talks about. It's like, yeah. and that was the moment actually that really resonated when he was like, your, ide- your perfection ideal, they don't like it. And you feel disdain about that. And it's like... You, it's almost like she feels resentment because she's perfect, like she's doing everything perfectly, right? But they're not buying into the myth, and that's pissing her off. Oh, he was spot on with that, and I thought that was super fucking insightful. And like this man knows people. Well, and I hope, and I know because I, there's been times when I've been Monique, like when yeah. I've been like everything's fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're mostly the times when I've been like 
at my absolute lowest and yeah. crashed and burned and ended up back on depression meds. But, you know, just to be clear. Yeah. But I, I feel like loads of women can relate to that. You know, if they're open to, I think a lot of women can look at that and go, fuck, there's some of me in there. Abs- I think there's some of everybody all of us in there. I mean, I'm like you. When shit starts hitting the fan, I go into my crazy perfectionist mode. And yeah. it's so damaging because nothing is ever perfect and nothing's ever good. You know, like it's just this fucking spiral, this downward yeah. spiral that you go into. And ultimately, it's a fucking defense mechanism. Like if everything looks perfect out here, I don't have to deal with this shit in here. And, you know, that takes a lot of self reflection and growth and I think Monique can get there and I'm glad she has somebody telling her this like I think everybody needs somebody in their lives that can tell them shit like this I do too and I think you know you can sort of see how this drama is going to play out just as Monique kind of sees the error of her ways it's like some Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. Candace already presses charges, sets that ball in motion. You know, Monique <laughs> doesn't have a chance and it's all just going to go fucking tits up. Tits up, yeah. Um, but I feel for them all and I think it's, and I don't think any, I don't think anybody grabs somebody by the hair and throws them down on a table if they are completely happy and well within themselves. So as much as it was wrong, now that she's owning it, I feel like they, I really hope they give her a chance to make it right. But at the yeah. same time, they also have the right to, to, to say no and to reject it. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I loved the moment, though, that we saw her get it because you, like, you mm. physically see her get it. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, like, that was powerful. And I hope she gets the chance to like, make it all okay. Um, and then finally, we've got Robin in hot water rope with the IRS. I man, these they can't catch a break. <laughs> I mean, I hear you, and I yeah have, yeah, like, I can be sympathetic, but I feel a bit like you know, do it once, fool on you, or do it twice, fool on. Me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on, yeah. You've well, I don't hit, know who. I I know they were in financial issues before, but I don't know if it was Robin who was in control of the finances. Like, I think it was Juan. Yeah. No, I think and it so, was. But also, I feel like Robin was the one that, like, told him it wasn't okay, that had to pull it all together, you know, do all of that. Whoever it is, they were a partnership then, they were a partnership now. Yeah. Surely that's the shit that you're now on top of. Yeah, especially if last, or if, like, two seasons ago, you were <laughs> very vocal on giving Karen a lot of bullshit for not knowing what was going on. Like... It's time to eat crow, my friend. I know the UK tax system is fucking complicated and I have never in my life attempted to do it myself. Um, I'm about to be interrupted, just to be clear. Um, It's all right. I've never in my life tried to do it myself. Um, But if you know that it's hard and you know you fucked up once, you need to be paying an accountant to do that. And you don't don't need a massive, like just somebody who knows what they're doing. Right, someone just to kind of like keep, keep an eye on things and whatever. I mean, I, we do our own. Um, I'm now hoping to God I'm doing my business ones. All right. Because well, I don't have, <laughs> Sorry about I don't this, have guys. a lot of, uh, we've got a slight, accounting we've got know-how. A um, I'm still trying to do it on my own and I think I'm doing everything. Okay. But we're also talking know, about what- vastly different amounts of money than what I'm sure 
Robin is bringing in than what I'm bringing in. So <laughs> for now, Bobo, how are your Bobo? How are your accounting skills? Are you good at maths? Okay. Do you think that you could leave us alone so that Mummy can continue recording the podcast? Yes. Well, you sit there. You have to be quiet. You can't blow that. Um, okay. So I might just for a moment have a small toddler on my. Um, on yeah, my that's lap. fine. She'll get bored soon and leave. Uh, Excellent. We're in the meantime. Quickly. Oh, go on. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, let's have a brief chat about Wendy and her sister. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because this is quite an interesting conundrum for her. And I think I was a little dismissive of it the first time around because I think, honestly, I I really, you know, sometimes you just don't watch something properly. But I think think that this is something that's interesting on loads of levels because it's not just because she's a mum, but it's also this Nigerian heritage that is really playing into it. Well, and it's her like her mom standing in the in the community. It's them as you know strong black women. I mean, I think this issue has a lot of really interesting layers that all kind of play into Wendy really kind of having to stop and think about yeah. what she wants to be doing and you know yeah. where she wants to go with everything. And I mean, I think we all like we talked about a couple weeks ago. I think you always like hit a point in your life where you really have to stop and think about what you want your life to be. Is it what you want your life to be? Is it just, you know, expectations that have been put on you? And I feel it's come with both of having both of my kids. I'm still questioning it now. And my youngest is five. Like you never really know, but I also don't have the family pressure that I think Wendy has on her to like, retain this role for her bum in the community well and I think that's interesting because it kind of makes me question as well all the the you know because you put the there's an of course there's an element of you putting pressure on your kids as a mom that's just natural you know because you want them to do their best so you feel you have to push them and finding that balance between pushing them to a healthy point of achievement and pushing to a point where they're starting to live a life that isn't theirs is really something that I think about quite a lot um and I'm definitely pushier than Jimmy is. He's yeah. kind of m- much more backing off that. But I am definitely pushier. And I thought it was really interesting. It made me kind of question how I mum. But I think it's really interesting that she, uh, I mean, what, she must be 40 in her 40s, yeah. is really struggling to make this decision for herself because her fear of her mum and letting her mum down and the disappointment is so huge. Yeah. Well, and I think probably also letting down like, you know, the black community as well. She's a very strong, very outspoken member um, of, you know, the black community here in the United States. And I'm sure that adds pressure to it. I mean, nobody gives a fuck about what I do in the public sphere, real sphere, really. You know, all my stuff kind of comes from me and my parents a little bit, but um, I don't have like that public pressure societal public pressure on that and i can't even imagine what how that weighs into her decisions no it's really hard and i i mean th- that being said if your two options are listen i'm not going to be a professor but i am going to be a badass political kind of commentator <laughs> in washington i feel like her mum can go all right that's fine yeah, but right. i understand it's the doctor thing it's the academic academia thing i totally understand all of that but i think I'd be it's also how she battles it yeah, I think it's also an immig- like an immigrant thing. Yeah. I think when you're a first generation in a new country, your parents have, you know, definitely put 
a bunch of expectations on you. And from what I understand, speaking to a lot of friends who are first-generation Americans, like, there's a lot of pressure where their parents are like, we got you here so that you can do this. Yeah. And they don't know whether that's theirs or not, you know? Well, and they feel a certain amount of responsibility to kind of make up for the sacrifices that their parents made in moving. And it's a really nuanced situation that I yeah. will never fully understand, but I'm really it's a re- I'm really pleased that it's there and we're watching it. I think it's interesting. Absolutely. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, welcome back. Listen, I'm going to be honest, I've still got a little rug rat running around the office. She's not leaving for nothing, so uh, I'm going to do my best. Uh, she's we'll get there. It'll be she's fine. She's strict instructions to stay quiet. Jimmy should be home any minute. Uh, in the meantime, why don't we move on to Below Deck, which was absolutely the last episode in this season. Yes, it's the finale episode, and it seems to only revolve around Rob and Jess. Oh, it's so exhaustingly, it's so exhausting emotionally and mentally to watch these two together. Oh, it really is because it's like, it's it's just like the constant tug, right? The push away, the pull him back, the push away and pull him back. And it's just like, let him go. Like I thought last episode, he made a great decision to do the crossing. It was perfect for his career. It was good for him and Jessica not to be together. I was Me so too. excited that he made that. And then he, and then he, he fought, fucking, and then he went and did something else. He went yeah, to and she Bali. like begged him. She begged him to go to Bali, and I'm like, girlfriend, like he has made this great decision that actually is best for you both. Let him do it. I know. If you and are this is, meant to be. You'll come back together. A hundred percent. But she's so damaged, and I don't mean that in an. Yeah. In, I mean it is a negative thing, but I'm not saying right. that. Like, I don't know who did what they did to her, right? But and there are elements of her that I've seen in myself in my old behavior when I was younger. We've all been at some point totally. that kind of needy, insecure person who pushes the bear for a reaction because you feel like that reaction is love. You feel like negative, any kind of attention, even if it's negative, is is love, is passion. And it's not. No. And I remember, sorry, I remember when I met Jimmy and... The, the reason I knew that that was the man I was going to marry was because when somebody was like, what's it like? I was like, it's quiet. Like all yeah. my other love before had been that kind of infatuation that you couldn't really breathe with them around and all of that stuff. But with Jimmy, it was just quiet. And it was, and I just deeply knew that we yeah. were supposed to be together. That's right. not what Jess and Rob have. No, it is loud. It is awkward. It is draining. I mean, it's everything why we watch reality TV, to be frank. Like, you know, if you don't have it in your relationship, you watch it on TV. But it's just like, oh, like, I just want to shake her and be like, girl, like, there is somebody there for you. And it doesn't look like this. And that makes it really good. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. That's what it is. And, And it's so toxic to watch. 
And the fact that he doesn't go and do that crossing, he will regret that forever. Forever. Because that was you we all saw that and went, that's the path. That is the universe telling you, yeah, go and do this. Take but advantage of these great people who are going to work this thing for you to get you all these hours so that you can move to the next level in your career, which yeah. will give you so much more confidence and like help you fix whatever's going on with you. Because Jess is not the only one that's no. got some soul searching to do. Like Rob allows this to happen as well. And it's just like, what happened to you guys that made this love and normal? Like you guys need to separate, do, do both of you. And yeah. that's going to be ultimately what's better in the end. Well, I think essentially it's like Rob and Jess cannot be together. That Rob needs an, an Aisha or a Bugsy. You know, he needs a grounding force. He needs somebody yeah. who's just going to keep him cool, not get, not give him any more drama than he can, he's going to give himself or project. You know what I mean? He just needs somebody yeah. who can just be chill. Same with Jess. She just needs somebody who's super secure, who's willing to adore her, do everything for her, look up, you know, all of that stuff. They are not the people for each other. They're both kites and they need rocks. Good. I like that. That well literally done. just came to me. But they are. They need their weights yeah. at the end and they don't have that. In the moment, they're just, fuck, fuck, I've got, about to swear. They're, and then I yeah. realize they've still got a three-year-old, a four-year-old <laughs> in the room, by the way. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're just fucking flying, flying, flying all the, the way air. through the air. Yeah. I could say it for you. They're a disaster. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I mean, listen, I don't know if they're still together. Do you know? Um, I don't think they are together. I think we'll find out more at the reunion. But I do want to do like a massive corrections because at the beginning of when Below Deck Med started, there was like a rumor about him and Madison having dated. And then we thought it couldn't have happened because he was with Jess. But it turns out that Madison and Rob did date. But I yes. think it was... Yeah, go ahead. So, well, there was a thing. I haven't read it. Yeah. So I think I've just like jumped in in excitement, but you actually know, but there was something that Madison put out that made us realize that she and, and Rob actually did have a thing. And she was kind of a bit team Jess off the back of it. Yeah, I didn't actually watch it either. So maybe okay, we've all jumped the gun. Um, but there is something out there that explains it all. I'll watch it pre-reunion. So then it like we can tie it all together, but I'll watch it. It's a video. I think it's on Bravo or it's on YouTube. I saw it somewhere. But Maybe we can post it in the group, in the yeah. Facebook group. Yes. I'll find it. I'll post it. Everybody watch it. Let's all have a chat about it and then we'll be prepared for the reunion. But um, yeah, so that was just a corrections from ages ago that finally came out. Love that. Well, listen, I mean, other than that, it was just everybody saying goodbye. We yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much else. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Alex and Bugsy snogged again i wish he'd been able to give her a bit of the d i feel like that would have made a perfect yeah. way just to like tie this season up with the ribbon and a bow but it didn't happen um and really other than that i mean season done right do you know season if we're gonna done. get the reunion this week or if it's going to be um a break and then the reunion I think we're going to get it this week because um, when I watched a Watch What Happens Live with um, Malia and Andy, they discussed how Malia and Tom were still together when they did the reunion because the reunion's already been filmed. Oh, okay. So, so you I think sooner. we'll get it this week. Yeah. Okay. I think that's we will. exciting. I hope so. I'd like to be able to do the reunion straight off the bat. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, other than that, we've just got the um, below deck coming up. As I think it's the 29th, isn't it? It is. It's a couple of weeks. We'll get Captain Lee back. 
Listen, I posted that picture. Shush, little one. I posted that picture of um, Captain Lee on Instagram today. We are not the only Captain Lee fans. Let me tell you, that has gone off the hook. It's lit. Everybody is so excited. He is just, he's a gem. He's a national treasure of the United States. But it's his one-liners, and that was the thing I posted. One of my favorite one-liners, which... um, uh, it was last season, wasn't it? It was last season, and it basically said, I'd rather drag my dick through 10 miles of broken whiskey bottles than have these assholes on my boat again. <laughs> we all felt the same way, Captain Lee. We, <laughs> we all really felt that did. way. We really did. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to uh, whatever the next show is. While Our new and- show this week, The oh, Real Housewives yes. of the OC, is back. For some reason, Kat and I totally dropped the ball and didn't realize it was coming out this week. So we didn't give you guys a heads up last week, but it did come out this week. So hopefully you watched it too. Um, and I'm quite, I'm kind of glad. I was a little down on like the new casting and whatever, but I think the new girl, Elizabeth, is going to be all right. I think she's I think more she than is too. I think she's going to be all right. I think they could have found more diverse cast members that would also have been great. And I think that's Absolutely. the downside. I'm, I'm going to give her a fair shot because she's the one we've got. Yeah. I just think surely, yeah, surely they could have. I mean, even somebody with brown hair would have been better yeah. than just. And that, do you know what I mean? It's so. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, she seems a bit more interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to give her a fair crack of the whip, but we'll. We'll see how it goes. But it was nice to see Shannon back, loved up, new house, loads of older kids knocking about. That feels like a fun way to live. You know what? Like, had I started having kids much earlier, that was always what I thought, like, my family would look like. Like, loads of kids mucking around and just, like, having it in. I mean, I'm good with two. I, I have no idea how I would deal with six, personally. But, um... No, I mean, but but no, really I don't know. Happy. But, I mean, I'd be... They do, and I'd be happy to marry into other kids. I just don't want to have them. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, fair obviously. Enough. Um, no, I do want to have you. <laughs> no, I do want to have you, baby. I just don't want to have any more kids. Okay? I mean, okay. guys, at the end of the day, we're moms. It's 2020. We're all just trying to keep all this, this shit together. How, this is how we're it's rolling. It's just how Bobo, it has to roll. Bobo, I'm <laughs> going to say this once. You need to be quiet. If you're in here, you need to be quiet. Otherwise, I'm going to send you downstairs. Do you understand? Do you understand? So you either stay quiet or you go. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, so okay. Shannon and John are all together. They have like six grown kids. I think the only two girls still at home are Shannon's youngest ones. Um, but they look like they're having a blast together. I'm super happy for Shannon to find a fun dude. I know. He seems really lovely. And I'm also really happy. I mean, I'm happy that Jean is happy too. I mean, she's yeah. a similar thing, ended up with six kids, slightly smaller space, but it looks like it's working for them. But she's moved in with Travis. There's some questions about whether that's the smartest idea in the world. Yeah, I question it. Like, I I don't, like, so here's my thing. If Shannon wanted to move in with John, like, Shannon's not moving in until she has an engagement ring on her finger. All their kids are pretty much grown. So I say, why not? Like, you yeah. two live together. You do you. Doesn't mean you ever have to get married. Like, you guys just do you. Your kids are pretty much grown. With Gina, I feel like her kids are so young that 
by moving in together, which is great. Like, I'm glad they're all happy. They're all running around like a little pack. That's fantastic. But if this doesn't work, that's really tricky with smaller kids all together. Um, That's a hard go, I think. So hopefully it all works out and they don't have to deal with any negative fallout from that. But it's just a tricky time with a really hard divorce. Well, and it's still so raw. There's a lot going on. And I know that she's desperate to find a good relationship because her relationship with Matt obviously wasn't good. And I think that sometimes when people who have been in bad relationships get out of them, they get giddy with the thought of being with a good guy and sort of start to not really look at the bigger picture. And I think maybe that's what she's doing. And I can't blame her, but at the same time, you know, and kids are resilient. They'll figure it out if it all goes wrong, but it's just something that maybe could have been avoided if it does. That being said, maybe Gina just knows that this is the guy. Maybe she's got that and it's done and it's fine. And who the hell are we to talk about it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we have a podcast talking about reality TV, so that's who the hell we are to talk about it. point well made but at the same time i will also say what i've seen of travis on screen he seems like a good dude and he seems like the complete opposite of a dude that i thought she'd be with which i think may be the key yeah no i agree i think it you know if she's got to go with somebody he seems like a decent guy so we'll see how that goes um kelly is also loved up with rick leventhal rick leventhal now is he a fox news presenter he is right so already he's not I don't think me and him are, are the cut from the You wouldn't be line. mates. No. No, you wouldn't be mates. Um, you know, I think he may be the right guy for her. Like he does I don't know if he has kids or not. Um, I don't think so. He's been kind of a dude that I mean, I think he's a dude that's really into himself. So it'll be interesting to see him kind of settle down and kind of get on. It seems like he and Jolie get along really well. I think they probably just both bust Kelly's chops and Kelly is totally down with that. So I think it's yeah. a nice dynamic, the three of them. I mean, I I don't wish to be in Kelly's place right now. 13 year old girls are pretty much the worst things on the planet. I was fucking terrible at 13, I don't think we need 14. To talk about it. No, I'm like, I'm I'll not, be I'm there just, for you. Yeah, I will you be there be. for you. You better be. I will. Um, I will. And obviously they have recently got married like within the last sort of week or so. So that's obviously still fine and good. Well, it was a rash of 10, 10, 20 weddings. Well, it was. Yeah, it was. Kelly and Rick got married then. So did Cynthia and Mike from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I think quite a few people got married on 10, 10, 20. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the fact that any weddings are going ahead right now is a miracle. So good on them for making that happen. Yeah. we also see a little bit more of Emily and Shane. Now, listen, last season, there was no love lost here for Shane. Like, no. there absolutely no. was not. I've never met not a, fan. a more unlikable man on reality TV. Um, it seems like, regardless of how I feel about it, yeah. uh, Emily and Shane appear to be in a better place. Do you buy it, Reagan Kempton? You know, I, I feel like I kind of had an epiphany while I was watching... Shane and Emily in this episode. I think 100% he let her take the fall for everything fucking wrong with their relationship, which I have issue with for sure. But I also noticed something like when Emily went in for a kiss, like Shane is not comfortable on TV. It's like his least comfortable place. Like he kept looking at produce production and like didn't know what to do. And I do wonder if a lot of his weird shit is because he is so uncomfortable being on TV. 
And part of me feels like if you're that uncomfortable, fucking don't do it because it's awful. Yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't lose any sleep if Shane was never present no. on this. But I think there's also an ego there. Do you know what I mean? I think he yeah, wants yeah. to be on it. And I, and I think there's just, I really admire you finding like something that I'm we trying sort of, you are trying and I do admire that <laughs> but I sat really it sat really uncomfortably that Emily took all the blame for yeah. what happened last season with her hip and how awful she was and he just let her and never sort of mentioned the fact that he was vile to her or that right. you know he was completely absent all the time and that didn't sit well with me I just think he's one of those small men that has never gotten over that insecurity and always feels the need to have to be Billy Big Boots and I need the power and I feel like he's a narcissist <coughs> excuse me and I think she's in a really negative toxic relationship that being said I'm always here to be proved wrong and maybe this will be the season where he you know reveals himself to be a top guy yeah I mean we'll see I'm a divorce I'm a kid of divorce through and through so I always try to see like the different sides of everything because, you know, we're raised to placate everybody. So that's probably more my shit than what's actually going on on the television. But um, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, I felt like I saw something there where he's just like, I'm really uncomfortable. I don't really know what to do. But I think you're absolutely right. Like, his ego will keep him on the TV. And that's where, like, those two things are fighting, right? Like, his comfortableness and his ego... He just doesn't know what to fucking do. He's he's probably one of the most awkward people I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, he's beyond, he is beyond yeah. any kind of social brilliance or anything like that. Um, in good news, Jimmy's just come and rescued It's all happening from- at the Sims household. <laughs> Bo and the cat. It was literally, that's been literally the most stressful 25 minutes of my entire life. I'm going to be honest. Um, anyway, I can breathe a sigh of relief now. <sighs> um, all right. Then we've got this Kelly and Shannon feud that still continues from the previous seasons. Part of me doesn't give much of a shit, but then the other part of me is like, I see both sides. Yeah. I understand why you feel Kelly and you feel like you're being ganged up by the Trace Amigas. That's not cool. And you're going to stop scrapping your way out of a corner. And I understand if you're Shannon, that you would feel really betrayed by a friend who, you know, defected to the other team in a, in a, legal case um right i feel like they've kind of made come to a truce do we think it's gonna last i feel like they have i kind of feel like shannon has no choice because she doesn't really have a cohort of anti-kelly people anymore and kelly's gonna be her neighbor and bronwyn is her neighbor now they all live in the same neighborhood i think shannon's gonna have to get on board and i think maybe without tamra and Vicky, Shannon can kind of be her own person this season because I think Kelly has a point that Shannon gets really wrapped up in Vicky and Tamara. And I can kind of see why. Like, they were kind of her only friends through a really hard time. I I understand all of the stuff that's going on there. But I think this season, Shannon's just going to have to, like, get on board. And she should. Like, she's happy. She's got a great life going on right now. Like, let all that other shit go and move on. Well, and I think it became really clear to me that that was why Vicky and Tamara went because they were too dominant, right? Yeah. Everything, they were part of everything. They ruled every storyline. There was no room for anybody else to kind of exist. And I think it just gets to a point where I think 
Bronwyn's got real potential in terms of stories. I think Kelly obviously has. Shannon's great. Yeah. I'd love to see more from Emily and Gina. And I'm not missing the screechy drama at the moment that Tamara and Vicky bring. And I think there's an element to Bravo. No. I sort of see it throughout of them actually tr- not trying to make it more wholesome. That's not, I mean, we, no. <laughs> we're here for reality TV. That's what we're here for. But certainly to make it more real and less yeah. just fights for the sake of it. And I think removing Tamara and Vicky was part of that. I totally, I mean, I think that's what they're doing with all of the franchises. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of like, the people who had been there for ages going because I feel like it's it's looking more scripted than it ever has. I think we yeah. kind of reached that point this last year where it's just like, oh, fucking come on. Like, we need to get a little bit more reality into this reality show. And so I think they're scrapping the big ones and keeping people who can maybe bring something more interesting to the table because our world is more interesting. Yeah, So let's is. let TV reflect that. I mean, interesting as well, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was like, I'm watching more reality TV and I've never been more disappointed in myself. I feel like my brain is melting. And I was like, babe, listen, you're talking to the wrong person. Literally, I have a podcast (laughs) that is all about saying smart people watch reality TV too. Right. But she did make a really good point. She said, I think the the reason is that with the world being the way it is, I don't want to sit down and watch stressful things. I don't want to sit down and watch, you know, scary dramas or... Right. All sorts of things. She's like, I just want to sit down and watch TV where I can escape. And I think that's kind of where reality TV is for us right now, right? Did- it's this point where we can just sit down and escape. Well, I was going to say, did you show her Below Deck? Because for me, oh, yeah. Below She's Deck has Below always Deck. been that show. Like, it's always been the least stressful. Like, yeah, there's like little scuffles, but these people are only together for like six weeks. So it yeah. doesn't really matter what they are. But it's like, travel porn and food porn like that's what I love about Below Deck Below Deck is my escapism reality TV show hands down 100%. more so than the housewives 100% and then we can't leave the OC without talking about the bombshell from Bronwyn no and I found I found this chat really interesting so Bronwyn Bronwyn reaches out to Emily to kind of apologize because Emily really called her out for her drinking last season in a very normal, caring way, not like a bullshit way that we've seen happen on other franchises. But I think where Emily was coming from when she addressed Bronwyn's drinking last season was a caring, nurturing place. And Bronwyn completely shut her down and, you know, did all that last season. And then we see her invite her over, apologize for the way she treated her and, kind of come out to her as an alcoholic. Well, I think it's really interesting because throughout the episode, there's loads of opportunities for her to come out to all the other girls as well. And I think it really shows integrity on Bronwyn's part that actually the hardest person to come out to is going to be Emily because she saw it and Bronwyn shut her out because of it and treated right. her badly in a lot of ways really because badly. of it. And, and I think that shows real integrity on Bronwyn's part and real growth and real commitment to this, to to her kind of new life. And I really felt for Bronwyn in this because that's not easy. No, I think examining your relationship with substances is hard, always. 
100%. Even if even if it's not to like either side of the scale, whether you're an alcoholic or you're not or whatever, because I think we all have tricky issues with various different things in our lives. And that always is hard to look at and hard to admit. Um, because it's and, the ultimate vulnerability, right? It's the, yeah. it's the ultimate vulnerability that not only are you struggling to cope, but that now you physically can't cope without this substance. And that yeah. feels like such a failure and such a disappointment and such a... Uh, a, a kind of attack on your self-worth and self-esteem that it's the ultimate admission of failure. And I think to do that really, I mean, fuck, we've all known people who are, who are addicts God, in yes. some way, shape or form. And you'll know that this is not an easy process. Getting an addict to make this admission to get to this point probably means they've hit rock bottom in some way, shape or form, and that the people around them have been dragged down too. So... There's so much guilt and pain associated with this. And for her to do it in real life is impressive for her to do it on TV, especially right now where she's so raw and vulnerable. Yeah. She could have said, no, you know what? I am I need to do this off to, camera. Yeah. And she hasn't. And I don't know whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, but I do think it's going to mean that, you know, we see something that is important. Yeah, I and I've always kind of felt that Bronwyn is all right by putting the important stuff out there, like uh, yeah. social media wise. You know, she's been very supportive. I think of um, her son who has kind of come out and all this stuff. The cynic in me hopes that it's real and not just like a storyline. Yeah. Um. So we'll. See. I mean, I guess we'll just see about that. My guess is something happened at. Rick's 60th birthday in Miami because like that's what Bronwyn references when she's talking about Emily. Kelly brought it up to somebody else that like the drinking was out of control in Miami. So, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, I hope I hope Bronwyn has the support that she needs and it will be interesting to kind of watch that journey. Totally. And it's, you know, not to make a joke about it, but she has got seven children. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, I mean, especially for a mom to admit to yeah. substance abuse because of, you know, all the pressure it is to be a perfect mom. She has so many kids. Like, yeah. and, and I thought it was really interesting that she brought it up that she's always just dealt with her substance issues by having children because yeah. she can't drink while she's, you know, pregnant, yeah. can't drink while she's nursing, like has these external reasons why she can't drink and because every addict's easy. different aren't they right yeah you know, there are some addicts of course that absolutely couldn't a pregnancy wouldn't make a difference and then there right. are some addicts where like that's okay that's her thing like if she's pregnant or breastfeeding she knows that that's not a, an issue anymore yeah and it's really interesting that and it's kind of important to recognize that addiction and alcoholism doesn't look the same in everybody no it's like mental right. health and depression you know, you, depressives don't look a certain way. Alcoholics don't look a certain way. It's, they don't act a certain way. It's yeah. very, very different for everybody. And I think that's why it's so hard for people to understand. It's hard for some people to be empathetic towards it because um, it's just a very difficult, nasty, insidious disease that kind of adapts. And, you know, it, it, imagine coronavirus, for example, if every person it went into, it kind of, it was a different variation. It was a different yeah. strain and how hard that would be to manage. And it's kind of the same with, with alcoholism. It's different in everybody. So 
good on her. I hope that being on the TV show is the right decision for her. And, um, you know, maybe maybe it's a decision for her and it will keep her accountable and she'll just, you know, in the hopefully maybe help some people along the way. Absolutely. Before we go, we need to talk about our new girl, Elizabeth. Oh, we do. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's... (laughs) I feel like I need to see more of her. Like, you know, I don't hate her story so far. I think it's interesting. You know, we can all relate to the woman that's been trapped in a marriage as the bobblehead wife. I mean, we can't all relate to that because we've not all been married to billionaires. But we can, we can, you know yeah empathize with it uh but i don't know if that's a bit like you the cynic in me i don't know if that's just a bit of a shtick like yeah i don't know i'm uh, it'll be interesting i'm interested in the way her her personal background to where she is now how that will affect like the group like when when you grow up poor and then you get a lot of money like having that dynamic but she seems very in touch with herself now I mean now obviously post-divorce and I think that'll be something interesting like will we see more of her journey or not I don't know she's not exactly what I thought she would be just from looking at her I was really ready to just fucking write her off and be like she's gonna be boring and whatever I think she's gonna bring something to the show but we'll see we'll see what it is I agree. I mean, maybe she smacks a little bit, maybe of Bethany, that kind of poor girl that's yeah. you know grown up poor and done really well. She's got wit and savvy about her and she's kind of finding a new lease of life. I, I, I'm i open. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then finally, just to, let's touch on Keeping Up With The Kardashians because it wasn't the most exciting show no. that we've ever seen. But um, we got a little bit more on the fight between Kendall and Kylie and Corey. And frankly, I just feel like actually Kendall said what we said last week, right? Yeah. That it wasn't Corey's responsibility to be part of the fight, but as the adult, even though he might be closer in age to them than than his mum, <laughs> he's essentially the adult. Yeah. Uh, his job was to make it nice, was to look after both of them and not take sides. Yeah, I was pretty surprised the way he spoke to her on the phone. Yeah. Being the, like, I, I feel like Corey has a, has a problem with being the adult in the room, right? Like the way he spoke to Kendall was not the way you speak as the adult to a child. I mean, maybe sometimes, like, don't get me wrong. There have been times where I have told my five-year-old that he's the one that's being rude, not me, when I feel petty and, you know, get into that fight a little bit. Like, we all don't get it right all the time, but I felt Kendall was pretty measured in what she was saying to him on the phone, and he wasn't listening. He was getting defensive about it. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's a hard place to be. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think he adores Chris and I've got no qualms with that, but I don't think he is mature enough to be in this situation. I think this is baffling him and I don't think it's an easy situation to be in. No. But these aren't kids. No. Like, and he's sort of trying to do this kind of father thing, like you're being, like almost telling her off, but actually... Just stay out of it, dude. He needs to not be involved. He needs to be like, listen, I'm here to... And he, it's too late now. Like like Kendall yeah. says, you're in it. You're in it. You picked a side. Right. But then he also kind of doubled down on being in it as well by saying what he did to Kendall on the phone. Like, dude, yeah. if you don't want to be in this, all you have to be like is like, you know what? I didn't want to be in the middle of the fight. I think everything got really screwed up. I'm sorry if your feelings were hurt in any way. I'm out of this. 
Yeah. Like I will step out, you and you and Kylie deal with it. Yeah. Take accountability. Say, you're right. I'm sorry. I owe you an apology. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. And I shouldn't have got involved, but I, I, I apologize. And now you guys need to deal with it. Yes. I'm, I, I've got to get back to your mom. She's loved me. We're doing, you know, we're doing dancing lessons. Right. <laughs> so you guys figure I mean, that's this the shit thing. out. I think Corey just needs to stay out of everything. Like yeah. you be there for Chris. That's all you, that's your only job is yeah. you make Chris happy that everybody will be fine with your place in the family. If that's what it is. Like you're not, you're not my dad kind of thing. You're not my dad. You're not um, my dad. And then we had Malika's baby moon, which I, I mean, bless Malika. It, and I understand that they're trying to recreate this thing for her that she's otherwise not going to have, but it just looked like a massive snooze fest. Oh, like I can't think of a worse place to be whilst pregnant than a fucking casino. I'm going to be no. straight up. Like I'm with Kai. No. I was with Chloe. I'm like, listen, jammies, a yeah. glass of champagne. Let's just let's eat a bunch of chili, get a massage. Yeah. Just feed me grapes while I lie here and grow a baby. Absolutely. Yeah. Like no. put me on a cabana. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a casino floor is not, I mean, I don't even want to be on a casino floor when I'm not pregnant most of the time. No, me neither. Um, it's loud. It's smelly. The drinks are free. I don't know. Yeah, but you're pregnant. Yeah, no, totally. Um, <laughs> that is the only thing good, are free drinks. Anyway, so. it turns out that it was even, it was a terrible idea because it looks like Chloe's about to come down yes. with coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, or at least and get really, really sick. we do really, see it really starting sick. to amp up. It's so interesting to watch like yeah. this kind of lack of knowledge about what is about to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's I like, know, it's almost like you're going to yell, I am from the future. <laughs> this <laughs> is what's going to happen. <laughs> But it is like that. You're like, oh yeah. my God, you've got no idea. What's no coming. idea. And they're like, and, K- and Kim's like, people aren't sending their kids to school. I'm like, wait, just wait. Soon there won't be <laughs> You any won't school. even have a choice. <laughs> not even you, Kim Kardashian. You will not Honestly, have a choice. <laughs> it's going to be so interesting to see how they get on in lockdown because, you know, we all know that there was this double-edged sort of lockdown, right? There was this fuck what the fuck is going on I'm terrified I'm scared can we earn any money are we gonna have any jobs are we gonna have all of this and then there was this oh I can breathe like I can just stop the scheduling's gone yeah the running around has gone the getting the uniform ready's gone the work the deadline all of that's gone and for the first time I just sit and chill and be with my family of course then homeschooling kicked in and fucked that all up but essentially there was like this double-edged sword so I'm really interested to see how a family like the Kardashians who are a million miles a minute all of a sudden, slow stop, down. Trapped in their houses with their with their families. Yeah, it should be interesting. We'll see how much we have. This was the fifth episode. I bet we have three more, maybe. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Three, three, maybe four, but I think probably yeah. you're right. Um, but it is. It's it's fascinating to watch, and I think if you don't even give a shit about the Kardashians, I think watching it from now on and how yeah that coronavirus goes I think will be absolutely fascinating I mean it's a study on coronavirus right like we started when all of us are like there's this virus going around we don't really know what it is to then like oh shit it's ramping up then it's gonna be oh shit we're locked in we'll see it's it'll it'll be fascinating oh I mean the thought of being locked in with Kanye West fills me with some serious dread so I haven't opened my ballot yet but somebody told me his name is on the presidential ballot I haven't oh, opened, like, we got ours in the post the other day, so I'll open it and see, but 
What the fuck, dude? Do not mess this election up for us, Kanye West. I can't even. Don't do it. Anyway, listen, that is us for this week. (laughs) I am going to apologize here and now because there's no way Jimmy's going to be able to cut out all of the chaos that happened somewhere in the middle there. Um, I was torn between like letting her do it and having minimal noise and knowing that if I like kicked her out, she'd just cry and scream. Right. So here we are. It's the way it goes. It's Uh, 2020. We're moms. (laughs) You all know what we're talking about. It is what it is. 2020 you've got a lot to answer for um (laughs) anyway listen thank you once again for sticking with us this week we really appreciate all your support um there's loads of you now on it well there's not loads of you but there is loads of you on instagram we're gaining we're growing and that's all thanks to you guys so keep sharing keep rating and reviewing it really makes a difference um and uh and have a really good week absolutely and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye-bye bye-bye Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.